Welcome everybody to the Grind Overwatch podcast episode four. I am your host, Nari Mizuki, and with me are my wonderful guests. Uh, as per usual, I'm going to do the who are you and why should we care? So I'll start with Desichu. Who are you? Why do we care? Uh, hello, I'm Des, one of the cont- one of the contenders Europe casters. I talk about goats. Nice. That's all you need to know. I feel like have. everyone does that at the moment, to be fair. Yeah, I've been given the goat herd, herd title <laughs> in the Discord, so I feel quite happy about that. All right, uh, next up we have Almost Panda. Uh, who are you and why do we care? I am uh, the coach for Shoes Money Crew EU right now. And uh, yeah, we... We, we clap Tangry Titans. We, we, we clap Tangry hey. Titans, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And finally, uh, we have Kefri. Who are you? Why do we care? Uh, I'm Kefri. <laughs> I play Widowmaker. And uh, I guess I joined Contenders and I'm in Korea. Hey, nice. Uh, sorry that we had to start late, guys. Uh, we had a few issues with our technical stuff, but it is all sorted now. So let's jump right into it. First up, we're going to start with Kefri. Um, obviously, there's been a little bit of controversy around you and your being brought into contenders recently. It started out with a tweet you made to Washington asking for a tryout. Massive clapback on the internet. Now, prior or rather after Yikes. that, you've now found a contenders team. Things are happening. How? Let's start with how did you feel once that whole clapback happened? You know, the whole internet was losing their mind. How was that for you? So, uh, <laughs> that's sweet, man. What a what a great moment in my life. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it, oh, I want to I want to back up a little bit to save some face here. So, I remember there was a lot of people complaining that there was no uh, local players. You know, like geographically, like like uh, so. For example, Boston didn't have Boston players. LA didn't have LA players. Like stuff like that. Uh, so, I thought, well, okay, DC. Maybe they'd want a DC player. So that was my first thought. And then the second thought was, well, what's the harm in asking for a tryout, right? Like, everybody asks for a tryout. Like, usually it's just behind the scenes. Mm. Uh, so a lot of people were upset that I didn't do it behind the scenes. I actually did do it behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, I DM'd all three coaches. Uh, wow. None of them returned a reply. Uh, <laughs> so Yikes. I got left on red. <laughs> uh, I shot an email. And then I thought, you know what? Well, maybe I can do, like, a, like, a, like, like hey, look at the support that I could garnish, you know, or bring for our team, you know? So I tried the tweet, uh, you know, and, and there was a, <laughs> it, it ain't it was support, a, mate. It's going to be hate. It, it was a questionable decision. It was a questionable decision. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it, so I, I don't know. A lot of people worded it and they're like, wow, Kefri thinks he deserves a tryout. I worded it very carefully. I said, you know, I'm looking for, I want to say I, I was looking for the possibility to be considered for a tryout. Like, I mean, it was very clear that I wanted them to consider considering um, <laughs> so that that didn't go well but ultimately uh, that's actually how i ended up where i'm at uh, the, this team actually saw my tweet and that's the whole reason they messaged me to join contenders in the first place was because they saw the tweet so it, it kind of worked out yeah it worked it was just the wrong team so <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that being said you did quite well for your first match. Uh, There were quite a few. Unfortunately, you only got to play one map and I wanted to ask about that. So were you brought on as like a a sub or like a a map specific, hero specific, (laughs) or was this just kind of like, 
and it's good Kefrian. He'll he'll pop I, off. Like how? You know, these are all great questions. <laughs> Which <laughs> I have the to. Um, so I have my theories. Uh, so the <laughs> so okay, so map one I couldn't play in regardless. Actually, I got my computer one hour before the match started. Uh, so I started installing, wow. setting everything up, uh, getting like the cause they, you know have their own like game client. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know contenders had their own client. So I logged in and I had the wrong settings from like the last dude's profile. Uh, it was all scuffed. So they played map <laughs> one without me. Uh, map two, I think originally they weren't going to throw me in uh, because I didn't have a computer until an hour before the match. So the coach was like, look, this would be irresponsible. It would be like a terrible decision to throw you in here considering you've never played with the team a single time, uh, except for, you know, in NA with 250 ping. So, you know, he, he said this would be a really irresponsible and risky. And so the owner of the organization actually said, you know, I don't give a shit. Like, put in Kefri, you know. <laughs> uh, Kefri's here. The people want to see Kefri. You throw in Kefri. So the coach was like, yeah, fuck it. So they threw me in map two. It, I almost threw on Zarya. And <laughs> thankfully, we recovered. But, uh, yeah, so that was pretty much it. It was more of a, eh, let's just see what happens. That's pretty cool, actually. I think that a lot of people, what I really want to highlight here for a lot of people is... There's this idea that you took a shortcut to pro, right? So you've built up a large following for yourself online. And it's this idea that you've kind of abused your brand in order to get into contenders. And I feel like people need to understand that that's not how that works. I mean, um, I, I like the way they think that the, <laughs> if that's a shortcut, then I applaud, you know, I implore everyone to go take this shortcut. Good luck building a fan base. <laughs> and uh, be, you, you're saying become one of the top, like, you know, 5% of streamers that actually have viewers and followers, you know, <laughs> if that's considered a shortcut, then, you know, that's something else. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I get what they're saying. I get what they're saying. Uh, I, I mean, I was careful before I, before I thought to even ask to go straight into the league, um, which, I mean, to be fair, I didn't really ask to go straight into the league. I asked to see if I could get a tryout to go into the league because I understand if I suck, don't put me in. I don't, I don't want to be in somewhere I suck. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, I figured there's nothing in the rules that say you must be scouted from contenders. You must play contenders. Mm. Um, I want to say there's one or two players that actually didn't even play contenders. There's obviously the exceptions, but they at least had a professional background. Um, you know, some people think I didn't have a professional background at all, which isn't technically true. I did play season one, uh, a couple of games with liquid, you know, nothing's too official, but I did play to a degree. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting way of saying shortcut. You know, I, I was just asking <laughs> for a tryout to see if I was good enough. I figured, yeah. you know, one map you would know, you know, when I feed instantly. We absolutely right. I mean, shortcut to top 500, shortcut to tons of viewers, shortcut to getting a tryout, short. I mean, it really doesn't sound like a shortcut. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's different for sure. It's different for sure. Sounds like well, the that's type it 100%. of Overwatch YouTuber video, doesn't it, really? Shortcut to top 500, shortcut to out. <laughs> yeah. Clickbait. <laughs> a little bit. I'm at the actually. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> And uh, that brings me to almost Panda. So you obviously coaching Shoes Money Crew EU. Uh, we've been watching you guys from Open Division. Uh, I was working desk back for Open Division. And it was a lot of fun watching you guys play. And you guys came out strong. You even uh, in your show match against Shoes Money Crew NA, you proved you were the superior Shoes Money Crew. But That's I think true. coming into contenders, nobody really expected you to do this well. We all know, I mean, Trid said it, uh, Angry Titans, easy clap. And apparently not. And I, I really want to hear, how did you go from, how did your team go from just this 
open division team that did quite well in such a short space of time to being on the level of angry titans was there like a special regiment you went through or are your players just that good i mean we do have very skilled players but uh and i actually didn't join until uh, last week i think of open division or even after that uh so that was all them but then uh, i actually decided to join because i think all of the players have really good mentality towards the game i think they uh, they they are special compared to other players in Europe because they're uh, they they're good at putting their egos aside to uh, to lift each other up instead of pulling others down and like oh when they start losing they they don't go to blame everyone else they instead work with me together to see uh, how how we can fix the problem and we always have like really good discussions about the game and everything so I think. We just uh, be like we worked really hard on like especially the goats comp. Like people kind of see us mm-hmm. as like not a goats one trick team because we do have really amazing players playing like Sombra Doomfist and everything. But uh, we became really good at goats and then we got completely smashed four out by one point in the first game and it was kind of <laughs> embarrassing. Um, but uh, uh, I worked with the team, and we actually, during the week between One Point and Angry Titans, we actually found a, a very solid GOAT strat that works for us. Uh, so we actually were super confident going in against Angry Titans that we would win. And uh, yeah, you see what happened. They underestimated us. Everyone did. So uh, <laughs> yeah, they had they, uh, they had no clue on how to play against us. And then we just kind of let it go on the last map and lost. But hey, we had already won by then. Yeah, well, that's that's the most important part. And I mean, it's not just Angry Titans. You guys did phenomenally well against British Hurricanes. Okay, let's take a moment. You guys didn't win. But a 2-1 scoreline tells me that there was a draw somewhere in there. And the fact that you also took a map, that is, for if, if somebody watching hasn't actually watched the games, this is just a little interpretation of the scoreline, right? Because the scoreline normally doesn't give a, an accurate representation of how the games went, but I feel like that's pretty good. That was a really close match. You guys have improved so much. So you're focusing a lot on your, your GOATS composition at the moment. Do you feel like playing GOATS, playing a superior GOATS is worth more than playing a superior anti-GOATS? Uh, right now in the current meta, since we are scre- like playing pro- the tournament on uh, the old patch, the, so we don't have Ash, and uh, then we do- won't get the Brig nerf patch either to play on. I think goats are definitely the strongest, uh, and it's not like we're sure like people don't see behind the scenes and screams and stuff. But uh, I think every team has tried out playing anti goats comps, but it's just like in Europe, our teamwork is so good that when you can perfect the goats comp there's all the counter comps doesn't even work like if you see against british hurricane for example our game on uh, hanamura they tried triple dps because they knew it would goats and they still didn't do anything against us until they switched to goats themselves and even then we drew the hanamura map so i think right now goats comps uh, is really good and yeah getting good Mm. at that is more important than playing anti-comps i think your second half of um, the series against Hurricane was really impressive, actually. Like That's when we all of us kind of looked at each other in the studio, and we were just like, these guys are actually really showing up. And the first half, it was kind of like a, 
they're playing okay, but kind of the dream's over now. You know, it's back to normality where they will be one of the kind of the bottom half teams. But I think after that win against Anger Titans and then showing up the way you did against Hurricane the other day, you know, you guys are actually now in a really good spot coming into the final two weeks to take a spot where you've got August and Hungary and we have all remaining, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think... And they're, they're two games I would now favor you guys to take as well, basically. Yeah, I play. think we've now played the strongest teams in our group and are left with the... Oh, I wouldn't you had the, the goal run and I, you got I one win? Yeah, Can't I wouldn't worry. say the bad teams, but the weaker teams in our group for sure, especially now that uh, Orglis and Hungary lost Dana to uh, Rich Hurricane. Yeesh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, getting that win against Agri Titans should... Mm. So like yeah it's opened a path now we can take uh, uh, it's all about them paths boys yeah well that's that's it exactly the the difference between the two paths that have been taken here Kefri using his not using but kind of using his platform leveraging. let's be real about it leveraging thank you that is a much better word leveraging his platform as a way Utilizing. to get his <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, as a way to kind of get the upper teams to notice him, because obviously he's he's made a name for himself as a phenomenal Widowmaker player. We know that. There's no question about that. Oof. It's just about getting that opportunity to get a tryout, as opposed to a Oof. team. <laughs> so, so, can I get out of this square? <laughs> I get out of here. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You're triggering, right? <laughs> I can feel. It. Oh. You can already it's feel okay. the pitchforks just stabbing you in the yeah. backside already. Reddit, Reddit's the negative, just full the of loose to be fair. <laughs> um, and that's that's like a, a quite a vast difference to a team like Shoes Money Crew who have entered into open division, climbed their way up through the ranks. They don't have the same kind of support, the same kind of social media presence, but they're making a name for themselves. And this really just goes to show there is no one true path to pro. If you go onto the path to pro website, they're going to tell you, buy the game start playing, join comp, create a team, join open division, and they've got this whole part set out for you. And that's not the only way that you can succeed in Overwatch. There are other ways to do it. And I feel like that's just been proven by these two people right here with me. Mm. Um, there's, one, there's, one, there's one very common theme when you think about it though in terms of skill right but this is a message that i think a lot of like you'll see tweets about it every now and then when someone retweets it and the chains kick off is that for a lot of players like you go onto their twitter and they have 30 followers and it's like if you really want to get yourself noticed it's a case of being good at the game and having that brand alongside it and kefri's brand is far stronger than most um so it's put him in a good position now where he can show off his skills and get to play in contenders whereas for a lot yeah. of other players like you say i imagine a few who you know, of course, no offense to Kefri, are probably on that sort of level where they can play mechanically well like he can have been high in competitive play. They won't get noticed because they've tried to fight for open division, found themselves in an, a number of unlucky circumstances, and then kind of given up as they've realized it's a really hard grind to get to that point. So the whole it, brand building hard. thing is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of politics to it, too. I, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce the word. I'm not a smart guy. It's like nepotism <laughs> or nepotism, nepotism, something like that. Nepotism. Yeah, nepotism. <laughs> I had it right the first time. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of that in Overwatch. You know, you, 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 I'm pretty much proof of it. You piss off the wrong people, you're going to have a hard time getting anywhere. Uh, so you can be yeah, you can be yeah. uh, you can be the greatest player in the game, and it won't matter if uh, if you're pretty much unlikable. So <laughs> you know <laughs> that's that's another aspect to it as well, which just absolutely ties into your brand as well. I mean, building your brand is so much more than just being a good player and being on Twitch. 
Um, there's a guy in ZA who is a top 500 hit scan player, fan- phenomenal Widowmaker as well. And I think he's got like 20 followers on Twitter. And every now and then he streams and um, he plays an open division with a South African team, but he's not getting that exposure. It, like, your brand is worth so much in conjunction with your skill. One without the other is very difficult to to make a name for yourself with. But shoes money crew, hey! <laughs> like, they're, yeah, they're making their brand and that's fan- fantastic. And that's, that's it. So you start with your success and your success starts to build your brand. It, the two are so inexorably intertwined. Um, it's, it's actually quite nuanced. Hmm. Yeah. I banged on about a few of the players yeah. on broadcast about from Shoes Money Crew, sorry, with Miles especially. I remember back in season one, he was a bit of a tracer one trick and was kind of one of those players who you kind of put, to the, put in the box to the side and say, they're here, but they're not really shining. This season, he's looking shit hot. And I'm like, what, what's happened in the last two seasons? Well, clearly they've got an amazing coach on side, almost Panda, turned him into hey. a god overnight, apparently. <laughs> um, but it just goes to show that just by being surprising, by surprising people, that in itself is brand projection, just by being like, whoa, this guy was like, not so much a nobody, but no one really recognized him two seasons ago. And now suddenly he's one of the hottest stars we've got in contenders. That's a huge step up and a really good brand builder. Yeah, I mean, he's... Also, very mad at you for calling him a tracer one tricker, especially. Yeah. <laughs> he always he always comes to me and can you tell him to stop doing that? But uh, I mean, it's pretty fun. <laughs> DM me. I have this like thing. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think I I think he shines a lot, um, especially in goats and on Isaria, because right now we fi- kind of figure out the playstyle. So you see players from one point like hardest and then we have mouse Saria like really shining compared to other Sarias in the uh, in contenders and that because i think right now uh us two teams have especially in group b that we we are the ones that are really figured out goats and i think mm. if if the <laughs> other team's coaches or anything can find the secret that we're using sure good luck use it but uh, <laughs> until then we're just gonna keep stomping you guys it's, it's great because I, I remember back when the team was that's a disband like all these guys played together on that's a disband before right like back in season one that team did not have a good run and now they're back in a different name and they're beating top tier teams that just goes to show again that things can change so quickly just based on environment based on time like if players get lost during open division, like I mentioned earlier on, there's still every possibility they'll step up and show what they're really made of, which is exactly what these guys have done. And, you know, fair play, good for them. Miles, you're not a one-trick anymore. Good job, buddy. <laughs> good job. <laughs> I'm trying to trick him now. I'm waiting for How the many games did it take him to get rid of the one-trick title? I need to get yeah. in on this. <laughs> <laughs> About three seasons of contenders, mate. Three Rice seasons, and beans. I'm screwed. <laughs> well, you're all off right. to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I only played Widow. I'm off to a terrible start. Yeah, no, don't worry. <laughs> Soon you, they'll bring in Ash in Cotton, so you can play two heroes then. Hey. I, think, I think we have to make playoffs for that. So I, oh, I'm oh, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're on the right, uh, right way That's to do hard it. Carry, dude. I'm on the right path. Oh, hey. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you are on season one of Contenders. Well, your first season, let me put it that way. And uh, hopefully we're going to be seeing a lot more of you going forward. I think one of the things that one of the PAC casters said that like really stuck with me and made me chuckle, he was like, he saw you on Widow and somebody on Genji, and he was like, "It's Christmas early." <laughs> I absolutely loved yeah. it. So, I mean, you, you got you got even more eyes on you now. I think everybody's really excited to see what you're going to bring going forward, and especially with the new brig changes that are coming in. Um, 
segue into our next topic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, well, uh, I need to hear your opinions. There's been a lot of opinions about the new break changes and what they might do to the meta. Uh, at the moment, I've heard two kind of conflicting arguments. The one argument is more healing means stronger goats, right? Nobody's going to die. You can just fight forever. Goats will prevail. On the other hand, there's the argument that Brigida's damage being nerfed means that there is a lot less damage in the composition. Added to that, the fact that she can no longer stun through shields mean that it means there's no stun shatter, there's no opening up for uh, Zenyatta Discord, none of those things that create opportunity for damage to be dealt. Therefore, nothing is going to die. <laughs> Tons of healing, all-out brawls on the point for 10 minutes and the point still hasn't been unlocked and teams are going to be finding new ways to you know move forward and to counter that new composition so i want to hear uh let, let's start with uh des our resident goats aficionado goat herder uh, there we go i like that um what what are your thoughts on the coming changes with brig and how they will affect the meta i think um saying that like it's going to take all the damage out of the comp is probably a bit of an overreaction because all they're really seeing is that the damage is dropping from 50 to 5 on the uh bash itself it does mean that basically you might see a tracer every now and then because they're not getting one shot every time they step in range of brigitte um <laughs> it does it's a bit of a nerf as well to a style of brigitte play we've seen in eu called what we're calling leaf brigitte basically where the brigitte <laughs> ignores everyone and you just beeline straight for the zen and murder the zen <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about anything else because that way the rest of the team basically just runs in. They either choose to try and save the Brigitte and die themselves or they have to stay and fight against the five <clears throat> stack coming against them and then the Zen dies anyway. It's really hard to deal with and some teams have got it down really, really well. Um, I think with the healing thing, yes, the shield thing is the really big change because now it's super hard to do the trade that you normally see where you get a Brigitte shield bash down. Discord follows immediately onto the Reinhardt. You wait for that either to come through with a cleanse from the Zarya with a projected barrier or you just go all in as soon as that cooldown is back offline again. You can't do that anymore so easily. It's going to be a lot more scrappy. And I think you're going to see a lot more Moira than what you see with the Zenyatta-based sort of comp now. Mm. Which is a shame, because we've only had about a season and a half. I don't think you're going to see it. I, I think Zen will still stick around, just due to the fact that armor stacks underneath the shield. It yeah. still makes Zen Oof. extremely unkillable. Uh, you'd still There'd still yes. be no reason not to run it. it it's... It's It'll, that constant question, yeah. right? Like, the, is the heal base goats versus the killing goats? Yeah, because Moira is real the, hard the and airy by the diva, so Moira is mm. not going to have an easy time. That's if we still see the diva, right? Like we're seeing stuff in oh, contenders. Diva never goes away. Diva, oh, man, diva, hey, hey. diva's here to stay, man. That's, we've seen, that's we've seen three teams run May goats this week. We've seen a couple yeah. of teams experiment. I'll say experimenting because it hasn't gone well. A couple <laughs> of teams experimenting with Ryan, Winston, Zarya, which is a bit different. There's mm-hmm. teams trying different things out to try and surprise the other side. And Winstrike, rightly so, in their second week, they took that series away because the other side just could not respond to that Goats coming out with the May in there. Really, really smart move by them. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think May, I think a lot of people aren't, ex- like, they're not experienced playing against Mays. It's just something, you know, even with uh, <laughs> even with our team, you know, when we were doing scrims, you know, I remember, I remember trying to bowl out the May. And my team was like, yeah, please don't ever do that again. You know, and then... <laughs> Uh, once you know, once we started screaming, I showed them like, no, look, May's like, but she's May kind separates of a shit. Man, come on, she can, but she can put you up and grab, separate, go. She's got a lot of potential. So once she's like, great, dude, learn, I love her. I think once people like learn how to play against May, they'll they'll realize that she's she's she can be easy to kind of shut down. Hmm. Yeah, no, I especially think there are very hard counters like changing playstyle and stuff to counter May, but. Uh, at the same time, it's like right now it's only Winstrike in the EU that plays May goats and. Mm. 
if you are in their group, they probably won't scrim you, so you have no clue on how to play against it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. for example, us that are in this uh, other group and we actually scrim against them, like there is still, even though we know how to kind of counter it, they're still really good at it and uh, yeah, and it's still an amazing yeah. mate. Holy shit! I can't remember who ran it the other day. There was a te- there was a couple of teams in. It was on Lijon Mecha Base where they both ran the Maygoats. It wasn't Windstrike, and I can't think of who the hell it was now. We have seen three teams play. It's not kind of carried on throughout the whole series. Admittedly, that's probably the best part about it. Otherwise, it would have been double bloody blizzard going down everywhere, and you'd never be able to see anything. Not that you can in goats anyway, but be even worse <laughs> with a double blizzard going down. I mean, it's easier um, to see everything because yeah. everyone is standing yeah, still yeah. in that meta. So, oh, it's so bizarre, dude. Like graviton search <laughs> goes down, then everyone gets frozen. It's just like God, God. <laughs> nightmare. How do you cost that? Uh, you just go. Hey, you, you just go. Yeah. Well, winter has descended and. <laughs> fantastic um so so what are we saying so potentially um may being a stronger pick in goats after the the big changes the other heroes possibly i honestly i don't, don't think, think so i, I don't think the meta yeah. will change that much i think sure in competitive like in in ladder in ranked i think the brig change is huge, and all the Tracer one tricks will yeah. come out of their caves, rubbing their hands like, "Oh, yeah. my time to shine now!" It's time, boys. Yeah, but, but they'll in, be taking advantage of lack of communication, yeah. essentially. But in, but in pro play, in scream, like, there's no way you get a brig stun on a Tracer. She's yeah. dead 100, even though mm-hmm. she, she doesn't yeah. one shot as brig. But the thing is, I think many people will see the brig change like, "Oh, nice runners just out of the picture. Let's start running." Um, monkey goats instead because mm-hmm. then you don't like you can just yeah they're not gonna run right so we can just monkey goats but then what's the counter to monkey goats yeah normal goats yes. and yeah then, then the enemy team can stun your monkey with a brigitte because he doesn't have a barrier so it just yeah. loops around and i think it's gonna be mm. more it's just the counter of a, goats yeah, yeah it's gonna be more of a mind game in switching comp next which, right which could turn into if, if both teams mastered it and it became just switching goats it could actually yeah, turn into just old, AFK it, and spawn. it could even just turn into switch. old school coin flip yeah. where you know whoever attacks or offends first you know based on the rotation of the the swaps automatically wins or loses if they play it right no, so yeah you, I mean, it's, it's yeah. funny you say that because literally we saw it the other day in in your series panda actually in that first point on mecha base i think it was um hurricane won that first point with the really weird what was it hammond yeah, sombra Hammond, doofus yeah and they literally just chained all after all after all and you guys just couldn't respond to that and they got that 100 to zero even though you guys then came back on the second point and had 99 99 like it, it goes exactly the same as that like you start getting that alt chain rolling on we saw it in angus titans versus we have Org on hannah Moore especially you can just keep on doing this to people and it's really horrible when you lose that first fight because it is a very big uphill climb to get back in and you have to almost force them into making a mistake before you can really capitalize yeah no i agree and i think i think goats versus goats though i think it's first fight is not super important sure like you get the extra percentages and stuff but on mm-hmm. the second fight, you always both teams most likely will have seventy-five percent plus on their ults anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it depends on how you fight the second fight. And uh, but for us, it was we 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 thought that they wouldn't run uh, uh, goats on uh, on the drama map, so we didn't roll out with it, uh, which basically means that we we had to run back to spawn and switch, uh, which gave them free percentage. So mm. I think that was a Losing mm-hmm. factor, especially on that, uh, is it called Sanctuary or 
the drum map. I don't remember. But, yeah. I don't know the map names, yeah. <laughs> I just played a game. Or, I mean, yeah, yeah same, exactly. <laughs> I just played a game. <laughs> Pro players, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, shoot, I was going to ask something. Carry on. Oh, I was going to say to tie into that uh, original comment of how, you know, you, the, you're talking about the healing getting increased. So it's actually interesting that they increased the healing considering that when Ash comes out, she essentially, yeah, cool, you throw a grenade in there, you know, you pop it, everyone takes damage. With that increased healing, it kind of offsets her healing, and mm. you'll just be feeding support ultimates. So, like, I just saw people in the chat asking about Ash. I, I almost think that Ash will just be an ultimate feeder, and you're not even going to get to really see much of Ash either with all the barriers. Yeah. She would become uh, a reverse roadhog where she feeds. Yeah, exactly, a reverse <laughs> roadhog. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she she no, won't get played in that ghost meta. I don't think you'll see her another time, maybe. But I mean, I, I I see her potential though, because oh, yeah, I see the potential. since since the Brigitte's stun nerf, that means like Sen will be not not unviable, but he will be less OP as he is right now. I think if teams were to run, for example, Anna and uh, Ash, their diva has to, and they split them up. Their diva it's has too much to, to look, hit, yeah. yeah, left and right, left and right all the time. Uh, cause she cannot, I mean, sure, if the diva is super good, like, she can probably eat the both Ananade and the Dynamite pack, but it, like, that's not gonna you happen, split it so, up, yeah. yeah, so, I think there's a better, better potential playing Antigotes next meta, uh, yeah. out of curiosity, do you guys see a world where there's, like, a Super McCree-style competition where you're swapping Ashen instead? Uh, instead of... Uh, yeah, the glad in place of the McCree. Yeah. Yeah. The McCree no. can't wait. You're normally playing like Zen, Brigitte, and then you have your dive tanks in front. Usually the only reason I would say no to that, I, I don't think Ash can take Kree's place in Kree comp for two reasons. One is that Ash's reload is so long that she'll never be able to break the shields the same way McCree's fan the hammer does. Mm. And then at the same time, um, McCree still has a stun, whereas Ash just doesn't have that stun. So, like that oh shit card. Yeah, and also. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. True, Bob, but uh, the most like, inconsistent think... AI in the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, team comp also relies a lot around that McCree do have one of the highest damage outputs, but he has very low mobility. Yeah. So if you have that mm -hmm. comp, you can literally just have McCree being invincible, and he can mm -hmm. just dish out damage. So I think his damage output outweighs Ashes yeah. quite a lot. Fair enough. Just more utility in that scenario in that team environment. So what I also wanted to ask was, um, quite recently, we've been seeing a huge uprising in different compositions. Um, okay, EU and NA have pretty much been like goats v goats. But in other regions, there's been a lot of double sniper, Doomfist, Sombra, there's been dive, there's been a lot mm. of different compositions. Now, do you think that once the brig change comes in, everyone is just going to kind of reset back to goats? Or do you think that maybe other compositions are going to start shining a lot brighter now coming into it? I mean, the same patch as Brie gets nerfed, also Doomfist gets nerfed, so it's yeah. kind of hard to say. Like, for example, if you look at Dan, uh, he streamed yesterday, and he said Doomfist is dead next patch. I might as well play him as much as I can now. So, uh, about that, yeah, sure, maybe double sniper or something, but Doomfist is yeah. not looking too good for next patch. <laughs> really? So, so the reason Ghost is so strong is it's like... It almost you see it in ranked almost anybody can play goats even without the communication aspect and it's still strong but once you add the communication aspect that's what makes goats so unbelievably hard to beat uh the reason i think that you're seeing all these different comps that come out of the other regions is uh 
uh, th since there's no real hard counter to goats, when you look at the actual coding of the game, like these are the abilities you get, you know, here's how you can counter them. Uh, the only other way to counter it is through user error. Um, and, oh, you know, you can, if you're so damn good on one hero that you can outplay the enemy team on their goats, then you can try it, you know, and I think that's why a lot of these regions are trying, you know, double sniper or, you know, doom Sombra, these other things, because sure, they're really good on goats, but they're probably not as well versed on goats as you are on those heroes against goats. So like, for example, when I played widow into goats, you know, sure, they know how to play goats, but I know how to play widow in almost anything after, you know, 1200 hours. So, you know, it forces them to swap it up. So I think that's why other regions are trying different things. They're starting to realize, hey, we don't only have to play goats. If we're better than their goats, we can play other things. Yeah, it's the evolution of the meta, right? And it's the same in any game you look at. Like, people will see, if something becomes de facto and the norm, people will start devising things to break it. And again, going back to the whole May goats thing, right? Like, it upset a goats team. And although that won't be the long-term answer, probably, there will be other teams that do come up with ideas on how to beat it. Admittedly, NA, I think, now has finally realized it's not just a case of playing double projectile or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You do have to get a little bit more creative than that because sometimes the most obvious answer doesn't always come to you immediately and isn't the best solution. Yeah, no. Uh, Mayhem Academy is one of those teams. They really try and not play goats. They really try and <laughs> just play anti goats and counter goats or whatever. Comp they I don't play. blame them, man. They are the scientists in NA. <laughs> I, mean, I, think it's I support that stuff. <laughs> I think it's yeah, well, they're getting flack to it. They're getting a lot of flack for it, too, because people are saying that. You know they're just not good enough to practice goats or be better at goats so they you know they have to try to find ways around it instead of taking the time to improve like they're getting mm. a lot of shit for it too which is strange yeah, but uh, i, don't buy I mean that's what scrims are for scrims are for theory crafting and trying to find other ways the meta yeah. would never change if people didn't try no, exactly sure. man um i had another question but my brain is terrible <laughs> oh no it was oh yes 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 ha 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 I remember now. The thing is, I've forgotten it like three times in the last uh. since I came up with it. So I'm really happy I remember it in time. Um, so basically, there is a belief that okay, I'm going to start with somebody on a broadcast said that they feel like uh, they prefer goats to dive, right? And somebody in the South African community lost her mind. She was like, mm -hmm. "I can't believe they've said this. How can you prefer?" this composition dive which takes so much skill and coordination and communication how can you not prefer that over a uh, composition that's basically hold w and left click it's almost um, like you're slating someone for saying yeah, they well, something, an opinion <laughs> yeah it is an opinion and also it's funny because goats isn't just hold w and left click i mean no, that's right yeah that was gonna be that my shows question gross yeah. misunderstanding that, that that's ranked in a nutshell and i'm not gonna lie i'm a, I'm a little <laughs> one trick you know and you know that's what i thought i said oh hold left click go in you know what are you doing yeah uh once you learn that there's combos and there's things that have to be timed and things that have to be done and it's almost like a i don't know maybe this is a terrible analogy but it's almost like like a fighting game like if you screw up a combo yeah, there's no. a there's chance for a counterplay there yeah, and so sure, the enemy like if, if i waste my fucking zarya bubble i'm gonna have a bad day we're gonna lose that team fight <laughs> just for that one misclick if the enemy team sees it you know i'm like yeah i'm screwed i just threw so there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of actual counterplay in fact if everyone knew the inner workings of how goats work I would almost argue that it would actually be enjoyable to watch. I know that sounds terribly yeah. like awful to say, but if I everyone think it's more knew, to watch. yeah, it, you you understand the, is, the nuance. The problem is you <laughs> exactly, have to understand yeah. it. Yeah, and the thing with dive is you didn't really have to understand. You know, people connect to a target, the target dies. You know, yeah. goats, you have to understand all the mechanics and the communication, and the coordination, yada 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 yada. So, I mean, I see why people liked it, but 
I mean, Goats isn't even like that new of a thing. Before Dive, we had like that triple tank meta back in the seasons, a few seasons back that was pretty rampant. It, it's I almost mean, just like that again. I mean, I started in season two or three, I think, with Ninja Supernova yeah. pulling out. Yeah, Roadhog tank. with Diana. Yeah. So yeah. the tank compositions have been there forever. It's just now it's just, it's so teamwork based that it's super like, I, I yeah. understand that the average viewer find it hard to, to watch because it's like, oh, you send a bunch of meaty guys into each other and uh, whoever has most luck or whatever just uh, wins. But it's like yeah. the, the science behind GOATS is so uh, so uh, There's difficult. a lot of intricacies, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's why Europe is right now the best region for playing goats mm -hmm. i think from what we've seen season two eagle gaming mm -hmm. they perfected goats if oh, you ask God, me yeah. Yeah. but uh, even now like i think i watch uh, contenders na and contenders korea and their goats play like they, it's so subpar compared to eu if you ask me like a show match right now against probably one point against any the best korean team or in the best na team one point would stomp them all so uh it just reminds me back of the Atlantic yeah. Showdown back in season one <laughs> on dive and they clapped us and we were just like, yeah, boys, go to it out. And we yeah. rolled them hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was quite tank back then, actually. That was the best part. That's what that's how that's the meme has evolved now. We've kind of found that happy middle ground where it's not quad tank. It's not like four tanks, but we've gone down to I three. I liked quad tank because, you know, like, they didn't I like move. it all, man. I think it's all right great. Now, like, right now, it's like, it's like quad tank and dive had a baby and it just fucking runs at you so fast. <laughs> yeah, you man, know, at least it. at least quad tank was slow, you know, and you could just oh they're coming at me. It's inevitable, but I can see it slowly <laughs> happening. Yeah. yeah, dude, what can I say? See your life flashing before your eyes in slow motion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like you guys were saying about the whole dive versus goats thing though, right? Like his dive is really fun and flashy to watch. Like everyone loves seeing the Genji. Get nano bladed, jumps up in the air, whips out the blade, and kills everyone. It's yeah. really cool to watch. It's exciting for a viewer. It's easy to understand. The problem with goats is so much of the minutiae comes down to things like a Brigitte running in off screen, shield bashing the Reinhardt, then running off again so she doesn't die, just so they can connect an earth shatter. All you see is an earth yeah. shatter, and you're like, oh, his shield was down. What the hell was that? You missed that <laughs> yeah. one. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. the same with things like the one that became really famous for us last season was what we call the Giganti bomb, where you get the Graviton surge down, your Rhine then charges their Rhine out of the mix, yeah, and, and the self yeah. kills everyone. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it, Brigitte is now an evolution to that, right? But it's small things like Divas flying in and booping the tanks away. It's Brigitte getting the big stun off as well. It can be a clutch defense matrix. They're just really small things that don't require a lot of movement on screen for them to have a huge yeah. impact. And that's why people get frustrated watching Goats so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's exactly what we saw was... in the World Cup with uh, yeah. Kib yeah. and Fusions. You know, yeah. everybody was losing their minds about I'll admit, even I was. That does, like, um, I do uh, analysis for South American contenders. So I have that brain. But when I'm watching a game just purely for the enjoyment, so I'm watching World mm -hmm. Cup and I just want to have fun and I see Fusions getting all of these things and I'm like, whoa, Fusions, best main tank in the world. And then he tweets <laughs> out, by the way, Kib set up, like, every single one of those shatters and i was like duh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. this is so much more to it than just ryan ran in and hit q yeah, yeah everyone sure. screams fusion's yeah. names yeah <laughs> it's a, it's tough life being a brig main man you still brig jail stuck <laughs> i in mean the brig. at least both of them got picked up to overwatch league so hey man there you hell go yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah dude I mean, it's good yeah, no, I think that's, that's the, the biggest thing that people um are arguing or fighting against goats it's just all of these the stellar show. DPS players. I mean, Kib, we saw his Roadhog in the World Cup as well. He's a phenomenal hitscan player, and he's been relegated to Brig for yeah. 
the rest of I, I the think that's season. the big issue is that people people want to be entertained obviously it's a game mm -hmm. you gotta have and then when you get into the overwatch league you know it's an entertaining show now so now you have to actually have people watch your show uh mm -hmm. so i think a part of the problem is that the metas are going on too long uh you know so they need to switch up the metas more often and you know that the thing that i was trying to stress was that i think that it would be more successful overall like the overwatch league blizzards viewership all that stuff if it moved from a goats meta to a hit scan meta and i'm not saying that mm -hmm. biased because i play widowmaker what i'm saying is <laughs> when i first played overwatch i remember spectating a reinhardt when i didn't know the game and i was like what the hell am i watching you know <laughs> but you know i can tune into a csgo match at any time with no background and i know you you point and click it's easy to watch yeah. it's easy to understand so i i think that a hit scan meta would increase viewership overall because people wouldn't have to understand the game as much they can just understand the concept of point and click and that would also drive up, you know, your higher skilled players that are stuck in goats. I, mm. I just think overall yeah. that's, yeah. And I think that's why Ash was released. I think they're trying yeah. to shift to that yeah. hit scan meta. It's not working, but you know, I, they got to do it slowly. So I think that's where it's moving. Uh, I hope. No, Mike muted. No, 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 you're good. No? We can... oh, okay, my screen popped up. Oh, that's the Skype. That's right. Okay, so yeah, it's throwing me off, man. So I think that's where it's going. But it, I, yeah, the viewership aspect, it definitely the metas are going on a little too long, especially with you, the goats. You touched on a really interesting point there. I was speaking to some coaches now the other day around bans in Overwatch, whether or not it should be a thing. One of them was in the chat earlier, actually, Gizmo. And we were speaking about it, and there was a big discussion around, is the game fundamentally a MOBA, or is it an FPS? And when Widowmaker and such is in the meta, it feels a lot more like an FPS. When a lot of the stuff is based on abilities and ultimates like it is with this Goats one, it feels a lot more like a MOBA. And MOBAs fundamentally have the problem of, if you don't play the game, if you don't understand the game, you're not going to be able to watch it and enjoy what's going on on the screen. I remember when I first watched League of Legends yeah. about six or seven years ago, I was like, who the hell is that? And what the hell do those blue circles around them do? <laughs> it unfortunately got updated. Whereas yeah. with something like CSGO, like you said, I think it is the best esport you can watch because you cannot play that game. You can understand immediately as soon as you tune in what's going on, who's winning, and how they're winning. And that's yeah. the problem that you'll have with Overwatch. You don't even need to understand unless... the economy exactly. and the money. You don't need to understand anything. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this guy killed that guy. Cool. They killed all five members. They win the It's that simple. Yep. That guy's got a bigger yeah. gun. He's probably going to win. If he doesn't, oh, cool. Too behind <laughs> yeah. the moment. And, and I think hard, that's the right? downside of having a, you know, a first person. I mean, this is a first person MOBA, essentially. I mean, it's it's yeah. League of Legends first person. That's what they exactly. created. Exactly. And uh, that's yes. what makes so, it so hard to view and understand, right? Especially, I mean, dive yeah. is hard because everyone fascinated to keep track of 12 characters darting around at the speed of sound. Goats mm -hmm. is hard because there's so much happening in such a small, compact space. And it shows that at both ends of the meta we've had, it's still very hard to watch, right? There's no yeah, happy middle I, ground with Overwatch, it feels like. I think like. it's one of the hardest esports to, like be a shot caller or coaching as well because yeah. the aspect is like it's both a MOBA and an FPS so you gotta take account in like oh the rules and stuff like in a MOBA mm. then also mm. oh the rotations and hero switching that's never been like super yeah. seen before in any esports and now so now you have to press tab every 10 seconds is... to see if enemy <laughs> so switches it's funny that you say that because so what throws me off and you know I, I so i'm new to this competitive scene right i i played way back in season one before things were super established you know it was a completely those go-to gamer days and that was a long mm -hmm. time ago so i'm just not showing up and i'm learning you know like coaches can't even talk during games and stuff like that which blows my mind because every other game the coach can talk usually you have the guy that sits behind the team at LAN helps be that extra set of eyes that sees everything coaches the players in the game like in halo you know your coach gives you timers spawns rotations so it, uh, it's really strange that the coach can't say hey guys you're staggering or you know 
I, I don't understand why the coach's job ends when the game starts. So yeah. that I mean that seems that to confuse me. It's really hard as a coach. Like in in scrims, yeah, for sure. Sometimes I unmute myself and yell at the players like, "What the are you doing?" <laughs> and uh, like step up. But most of the time, I speak in between maps tell them like okay we focus on this and stuff yeah and then when when we play in contenders it's even harder because then i cannot even spectate in game so i have to sit and just yeah. listen and try and figure out what's going on on the screen and it's, and it's strange just by because mm. the, the better coaches would be it'd be so much easier to sell coaches to teams and sell yourself as a coach when mm. you can you know do ultimate tracking on your little you know pen and paper you know sitting behind the players like oh that ryan like you know like a, a tally board ryan swung five times six times you know you start counting <laughs> up old timers you know it, there's it would, it would open up a lot more for coaches to actually be marketable and useful and uh, it's just very strange to me i don't understand why they can't talk when if both talked it would just create who's the better coach you know what i mean i don't know it's a weird dynamic yeah. to me i'm not understanding it's, it's, it's the same it's, like league and cs yeah. is the same though right like you don't have coach they sit behind the stage and get a mm -hmm. And it seems to be the way in most major that's the way it's going. Like I guess yeah. the question then is you are you like but you look at conventional sports like football, you can shout from the sideline quite happily. So I, yeah. I get your point. It's interesting. It'd be an interesting one to explore for sure. Yeah, I mean it's hard though, because as a, like if you were allowed to spectate and then also talk, sure you they can disable that you cannot see ultimates and enemy hero picks. But as soon as they, you see their entire comp and they switch a pick, you can see it, call it out. And yeah. like, ult tracking is, uh, as someone who's played this game for two years and been a like, semi-pro for like over a one year, it's mm -hmm. very easy to ult track. And it, yeah. that would basically be cheating because then you, your like, main ult tracker and stuff, they, they get relieved of so much work. So they can like almost 100% focus on the game instead. And I think that would be I, I sure if both coaches could do it, but it feels still like too strong. So I think right now, just like yeah. in Overwatch League, for example, where the coaches talk in between rounds and stuff, and then they're muted. I think it's right now the best thing. Yeah, I don't think it hurts having it this way. I just thought it was strange. You know, I don't. I don't think it'll hurt not letting them talk. I think if you let them talk, it can make both teams play a lot better. Obviously, I'd be interested to see how it works, but. I mean, obviously, there's no negative, I guess. I just thought it was odd, you know, coming into the scene, like, what the hell is yeah. this? No, it's what do you mean I can't talk? Especially because my coach <laughs> is the bilingual one. So that's why I'm upset. Because my uh, coach is the bilingual one, and the rest oh, of my team is both right? Korean. Yeah, uh, so I don't understand a single thing going on. Yeah, so like I really wish, I wish he could translate for me mid-game. I, I feel that. Yeah. Sorry, that must be amazing. You just oh, hear your fantastic. name and then, yeah. like, some sounds that you don't recognize. And it's like, okay, are they praising? Did I do wrong oh, yeah. should i move should i we were, uh, <laughs> we were testing uh, may in a scrim once you know and they didn't know how to tell me to drop the wall so we came into an agreement that if if my team just yells no that that means you know you drop the may wall <laughs> no it's, it's so a do it. experience ah. you know <laughs> yeah now it's interesting and a lot of the thing is a lot of coaches speak so i imagine panda can kind of sympathize with this as well is that often the intent for a coach is to build players into not so much coaches themselves, but that they have the ability to think on their feet. You're not just following a strat the coach has laid out yeah. and you're there as the pawn to implement it. You're having to think on your feet and adapt on the fly. It's almost like you're thinking like the coach itself. You're being taught to think for yourselves. And the more I've spoken to coaches this season especially, the more they're paying attention to players that are coachable, that will listen, that will grow from that, rather than just being high-skilled players. And it's a very interesting transition compared to a few seasons ago. Yeah, no, for sure. I think... 
I'm working very hard on doing that with my players, just like getting them into like really professional uh, habits. Like for example, even outside of the game, like uh, not eating too much bad stuff, being outside every day. And like, I'm trying to get them to like think as me in game as well. Like, oh, okay, do they have any? Are they doing making the same mistakes every time? Do we can we punish that? And like. So I'm basically just uh, losing my own job by teaching them how to play the game yeah. properly. But <laughs> that was no, something I thought about too. Is weird, if every player, if every player could play the game at the mental level that the coach can see, in theory, you shouldn't need a coach if your team's no, that good. No, for sure not. No. So uh, I, <laughs> you know, I yourself I, into obscurity. that's kind of why I had that thought of why can't the coach talk mid-game? Because now he is marketable somewhere. Because if the mm -hmm. players do know as much as the coach and the coach does his job right, he essentially gets fired. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the only way to make him actually useful is if he can stay mid-match, you know. So, I guess it's, you know, right now you just hope the players don't learn, I guess, to an extent, but still win. Yeah, I hope the players learn <laughs> enough, but not too much. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> got to find that balance, I guess. Well, there's an interesting suggestion that came through from uh, Trid in the, the chat there. And he's saying something along the lines of a free cam spectator ability for coaches, but with a kind of a fog of war effect. So anything that my players can't see, I can't see. Um, mm. And as he mentioned, the devs difficult. are probably sat there prepping the news right now, thinking about how the hell they'd implement that. <laughs> I think, they, yeah. I think realistically, you just have to make it where you're locked between first-person view of all of your team. Like, you know, I think that'd be yeah. the only way to do it. But I then again, it's still really hard because a lot of teams usually rely on uh, vocal supports and tanks. Mm -hmm. So then you could basically have your coach on like the least vocal player in your team and just come for that person or something, and it yeah. was just like. I mean that that would make the coach valuable though. You yeah, know? I mean you're <laughs> not wrong. Them, so gives them a yeah, job. Something. It just opens up another avenue. I think I think coaches kind of get screwed uh, with the way the system is, you know, at the moment. But I mean, this is like I said, I just showed up. I'm not trying to stir the pot that early. Uh, <laughs> I've done that enough. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think uh, that it's hard. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm no. It's uh, I. <laughs> Didn't have anything. I'm just yeah. Shipping <laughs> in. I was about to say I'm here to listen to you. So uh, if I start talking and you guys want to say something, you you can 100% interrupt me. Um, <laughs> just a reminder to the chat: if you guys do have questions for our guests, please do put them in the chat. If we've got some time later, we will attend to those. Our lovely producer will be looking out for those. Um, yeah. So I think what we're saying is that coaches are in a pretty tight spot at the moment um, you need to kind of prove yourself as a good coach but like for example so team your team wins world cup right or let's let's say overwatch league Let, let's go there because overwatch league is now the pinnacle of overwatch you know competitively so you're the coach of london spitfire and for whatever reason this is obviously very hypothetical but for whatever reason say you have some sort of an issue with the team okay it's easier for you to go and find another team to coach because you coached a team to world cup uh, or rather to to an overwatch league win that's fantastic but if you were coaching the team that came 175th and you need to try and find another team you want to you want to stay on that level uh you don't necessarily want to be going into uh tier two which 
there's nothing wrong with tier two. Thank you very much. But it does, it creates a little bit of a difficulty for coaches to market themselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's hard for players to market themselves as well. It's the difference between yeah. being London Spitfire and winning uh, Overwatch League and being 167th or whatever you said. <laughs> it's, you're not very marketable then. So uh, yeah, it comes down to that, you know, that nepotism. You just don't piss anyone off. You know, you be a positive <laughs> coach. Make sure the players like you. You know, yeah. yeah. That He's way they can still, you know, recommend you. You know, suggest you to other teams. Yeah, this is a whole other discussion on like the business of esports in a way, but yeah. like nepotism is so Politics big because though, the yeah. exactly the ecosystem is so small that like networking is such a big part. And this comes to the whole brand building yeah. conversation from earlier, right? Building your brand, you get known by someone, they might well turn around one day to someone and say, Oh, this guy actually I saw before is really good, his content's great. We should look at hiring him. You can get hired off that kind of stuff alone. I know coaches that have oh, yeah. literally been hired because they wrote a really cool piece of content on Reddit or even just by doing a little video yeah. or something for YouTube where the people have gone, well, actually, they're not what they're doing. Let's speak to them a bit more. And it yep. all comes down to that, right? And if you, like you say, if you piss the wrong people off, word will spread throughout the, throughout the scene. If you're a bad player, yeah. if you're a toxic player, whatever it might be, people are going to know. And you see it. You can look at the players, you know, the rosters that get created. You can, if you're in the scene, you know, or if you take enough time to analyze it from outside, you can see the trends of who's on what team with which people and, you know, what team were they on previously or in the past. I mean, you see everybody's still together, you know, that. The, the networks aren't really disrupted. You can you can see where everybody's been since the beginning to now and find those little lines. Yeah, and it's also important to understand that the coaches and the managers of each tier know each other. They mm -hmm. talk to each other. They discuss. Uh, you go into any Discord where they share, like any mutual Discord of theirs collectively and you'll mm -hmm. see there is some sort of like um player recommendation channel and it'll be like this player is great and mm -hmm. then people will say uh actually he was on my team didn't listen yep. uncoachable really toxic and all the coaches go yikes well that's <laughs> the other that's the rough part is you know player management role people like to think that uh you know coming from my perspective right since i've been you know doing this little like team hunting thing uh people like to think oh the, the manager manages the roster and it's like well that's not totally true the players manage the roster you know i i remember i won't i won't call them out you know i'm not gonna do them like that but i've tried to play <laughs> i remember in the uh in the hulk memorial cup uh you know i i tried to play in that and I, I went to play with the team and one of the players on the team at the time said oh you know if if kefri's on here i'm not playing with him and it wow. wasn't even for a real tournament, you know. And so I, I couldn't oh, wow. play with the team. The team voted me out, and I had to play with a different team. Bad, so uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, so the island. you know, and, and that's and that's how it works in almost every scenario. So and it, and it's yeah. rough because it, it puts it in a weird position. Because let's say I'm a DPS player, and that's a DPS player, and you want to join that team. The manager says, "Hey, what do you guys think about this dude?" The the two DPS players on the team. Why would they want to say yes? Like, what makes them want to say, "Oh yeah, he's great. Bring him aboard. Take my job," you know? So it's <laughs> it's. It's a it's really, very, really weird. <laughs> it is. It is. You're almost asking these players that are, you know, 18, 20, you know, to to be honest, mature, you know, and and you know, almost, I guess, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Humble, not prideful, yeah, no ego. Yeah, yeah. You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot, actually. Yeah. It's very similar with like casters, coaches, players, like you name it, because. Mm -hmm. You're all sympathizing with each other because you're all in the same boat. You're all striving to get to the top. You all want to do better, and you want to support them. But at the same time, they're your competitor, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. A really, it's a really weird dynamic that, you know, you don't really see anywhere else. I don't know why it's such a prevalent thing in esports. Again, probably because the ecosystem is just so small, but it does make yeah. for some really, some people take it the wrong way and go very toxic. Some get too friendly and some strike that right balance down the middle. And 
We're still I mean, let's not be wrong here. I think that happens is every sport as well in general. Oh, I think it's oh yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a thing. But uh, mm, it's very I, weird. I, yeah, I think right now just letting the players. I think I I have really no real. I sure I do have powers of my team, but I'm not the like owner of the spot. I'm not the anything. And I think that's the way it should be right now. Yeah. Where the players can choose themselves what's happening, what's their future of the team. Yeah, they gotta have synergy at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And also yeah. like we have seen things like Jigsaw, for example, if you remember season one or two of trials mm -hmm. where their manager just kicked every player and kept one because he liked him and then wow. the whole <laughs> team got screwed over for it. And, yeah, no, so yeah. I think like uh, I don't know, like a player union or something, or they need yeah, like, a, like a training course on like mental yeah, resiliency before yeah, going into the league, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but Hell yeah. again, even the Overwatch League, they're looking for a or like they're trying to get a player union together. So even they mm -hmm. don't have it. So it's even harder for the tier two, tier three scene to really get established when there's a bunch of 18, 20 year old kids running around thinking they can kick whoever yeah. they want and just. By the day, it's, like... it's high school. It's it's high yeah. school again. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it works for a lot of teams, right? Like Windstriker, a really good team, and you, I've mentioned them a few times today. Bless them, getting all the plugs. Uh, Windstriker <laughs> is a great example where, for the longest time, season one, they didn't have a coach. They weren't signed. They got signed, and they then started kind of half working with a guy called Ilka, who, after two mm. seasons, they've now brought on and is actually working as their coach. But yeah. you speak to their players, and they say, you know, we still work on some things ourselves, and he helps with the parts where we can. So that's not so much a player or an org, but the players know what's best for them. They know how they work best yeah. and what's going to help them in that situation. If a team is really, really stuck, then yeah, maybe the manager goes, all right, it's time for us to bring a coach in. But in most situations, players are more than capable, I think, of knowing what it is that they need to improve. Yeah. And that's why coaches are on their uh, last uh, their last life right now, you know? Uh-huh. So. It's tough, man. It's tough. Coach, yes. everyone thinks players get it bad? Coaches. Woo! Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, especially Panda. in the Tier 2, uh, Tier 3 team. Yeah, like, the coaches <laughs> don't get any respect, you know? it's Well, if you were that yeah. good, then why aren't you a player, you know? that's mm. every, Anytime you try to correct somebody, they go, well, why aren't you the one playing? I mean, to be fair, I ended above a couple of my players this last season in ranked, so... Yikes! You, you get to dodge that so, one, at least. The players are the ones that threaten now of getting replaced by coaches, that's the no, one. No, but I mean, sometimes I get DMs players saying, oh, do you really want to stick to coaching, or do you want to join our team? And it's... No, I mean, right now, I actually choose coaching, because I think, at least from my perspective, I can do more from the outside than I can as a Lucio shot caller player. Yeah. So... I was just about to ask, what do you mean? You just mean? don't want to so, play goats. So, 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 you just don't want to play goats. I mean, I, it. okay, you got me there. No, actually, I think goats is really fun compared to the Mercy meta, since I'm uh, more of a oh, Lucio-liking oh, player right. than a Mercy player. So, so die is on this, point. Is this why Luddy tweeted out? was like, who else really enjoys playing Lucio? Like, if I say I hate them, sub pandering, and then I'm screwed. Luddy to coach, boys, is how it's going. Yeah. That's him. I want well, Beyblade like... I want season one Reaper. You know, oh, oh dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is so painful. Like, I'm going to um, admit to, I don't know, original sin of Overwatch. I am a Mercy One trick. And um, Beyblade just made me sad. <laughs> Beyblade's and, glorious. <laughs> and I'm really glad. I, I, I'm going to say it. I, I can't wait for the Doomfist nerf. Do you know how many times I've been like, I flew out of that? Nah, fam, I'm dead. <laughs> every so... single support, every single support, just sit there and just go, fucking dude, yeah, no, all I, the time. 
I'm not I think everybody with less than 250 HP says that statement. <laughs> I, feel like I, yeah. I think it's dead. Yeah, I think a lot of Anna with Meteor Strike like shit. I think a lot of keyboards will be saved if you nerf Doofus, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna call anyone out, but there's been a couple of keyboard smashes I've heard oh, yeah. in the invoice when where you get the Doomfist and somewhere across the map. Yeesh, yeah. That's always fun. And the dumbest thing for me is that Doomfist can like one-shot me into a pole. Like, of all things, yeah. like a lamppost. <laughs> a staircase, somehow, sometimes. Oh. It just clips you. You're like, what? <laughs> Butterfly. Yeah. Uh, That's, that hero is questionable. Thanks, Seagull. <laughs> I think he was the. I think he was the one who suggested he wanted a, a melee fighting hero on Twitter before it was released. By the way, can I just can I, can I just say by the way, Panda, when you were talking about you being oh, on the play, your whole team jumped into chat and flamed you. I know. <laughs> they always they always try and call me out, but they're uh, like, yeah, shout out to your duo part, a nice one six stacker. <laughs> I mean, they, they can say anything they want, but that yeah, just means that, <laughs> that, that just means that I can force them on VOD review for an entire twenty four hours if I want to. So they better be quiet. <laughs> I am a coach now; I can say whatever I want, you know. Until until they decide you're irrelevant, in which case. Okay. <laughs> Player recommendations for the next team. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I will say though that there's a lot more opportunity for coaches obviously in the the lower ranks. So tier 1 and tier 2, most of your players are basically able to become coaches themselves, right? Tier 3, nah, there's this I wouldn't agree. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Some of the players are kind of dumb. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, man. Jeffrey, you're uh, not wrong. I can tell you that. There's uh... dead. the word ignorance. I don't. I don't want to say it's not a bad thing, but there's no, a lot but... of players that just don't know what they don't know. You I know? mean, there are players that are really amazing at clicking heads. They're really amazing at doing what they do, but how how much you want to teach them or how much they learn and it's not it's coming in one year and going out the other so <laughs> i wouldn't say like, everyone is suitable to be coached yeah. it's a very That's... small few if i am honest That's it, it, fair you, enough. those people have to be able to put their pride aside you know their ego aside and accept that somebody might know more than them. And that's, that's yeah. a scary thought for some 16-year-olds, you know? Like, mm. like well, what do you mean? I know the world. Like, you know, it's it's, it's kind of tough. There are a lot to try and make that jump between being player and coach as well. Like, um, Christopher's a really good example. Um, played on the UK roster, then went to come become a coach, and now he's off with you. And then you've got guys like Kasora's doing the same, and there's Pipu. Like, there's a good there's a good list there in all this as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, why didn't you list me there? I was season zero contenders players, if you didn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just kidding. No, I. For yeah. sure, and those people really fit their coaching role. I think when they realize themselves that there are younger, yeah. faster. You gotta have that ability to talk to players, you know, and not hurt their egos and not Oofed. make them feel like they're being attacked or threatened. Yeah. You know, like you have to, you know, you gotta, you gotta give them the compliments before you give them the criticism. You know, there's a lot to coaching. It, it takes a pretty mature person to be a successful coach. You know, you yeah, really have absolutely. to be. Yeah, communicator, team leader, uh, be able to manage people. Being managed to manage people is the biggest one, I think, because you're I, still I, dealing yeah, with yeah. a lot of young people, right? You got to be a people I, person. I, yeah. I, when I when I explain how I coach, I I usually say I'm both a kindergarten teacher and like a business manager <laughs> yeah. at the same time. It's uh, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly, yeah, that feels exactly right. 
That explains why my coach talks to me the way he does. Mm -hmm. That that actually reminds me of, um, there was a tweet that Bren posted a couple of months ago, shortly after the the off-season started. And he was like, um, apparently, first scrim with Canada, Surefall manages to uninstall Windows. (laughs) And he's like, I don't know what these players are doing during the off-season. I think they're licking paint. (laughs) I, I think he tried to delete and and deleted system thirty two or something. <laughs> all yeah, that brain power and sticking heads, man. Yeah. <laughs> I that was the funniest thing I'd read all day. I don't know how you are busy playing Overwatch and suddenly uninstall Windows. Oh, that's brilliant. Beautiful. All right, but I think that basically covers everything that we were going to talk about today. I don't know if you guys have any last minute thoughts before we get into the last couple of questions. Before we get into that, just a reminder, guys, if you do have questions for our guests, please, we have an EU contenders, caster slash analyst. We have a coach for the tier two scene, and we have Kefri. I mean, so if you have questions. I play Widowmaker. That's pretty much But it, I'm already yeah. Tracer. <laughs> <laughs> So if you do have questions, please just post them in the chat. Guys, any last thoughts before we head on to the the couple of questions that have come through? Yeah, that's when are you going to start being biased towards SMCEU on the the desk? (laughs) I'm going to give you more... Right. If lightning strikes once, okay. If it strikes twice, fair play, I have reason. Like I say, you guys beat Angry Titans. You had a really good series against Hurricane. So next week, you got my shill. Don't worry. Okay, good. (laughs) <laughs> I'm no, not I'm stupid enough to get debated three times in a row. Yeah, don't worry. Then I'm done with the questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so there is one question that some dude had been spamming, yo. Uh, <laughs> obviously, not understanding about the Q and A at the end of the session. Um, so let me start with that That's... question, dude. As a hernia, I think he even like tagged me and everything. Um, oh, carefree. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm, 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 Thanks, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna go on. <laughs> Thanks, 10 minutes now. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about a contenders coach saying that in contenders, winning actually isn't the most important thing in reference to players being good but not winning games? Uh, so I, I, okay, that's like a, there's like a double edge in there. So obviously the coach for the team wants you to win, but at the same time, the coach's job is to improve the players individually and as a team. So I could see how a coach would say both things. It's important to win, you know, since he's the coach of the team and he's in the org, but it's also important for him as a coach to do his job, right? And if even Mm -hmm. one of the six players is willing to learn, willing to improve and gets better then that coach, just like a kindergarten teacher, if as long as one student, you know, learns something, then he's doing his job. And then, so I think for the coach personally, then yeah, if a coach says that, then that's probably the most important thing to them is that they've succeeded in their job. Makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Um, anything to add to that, guys? I yeah. mean, when you're playing in contenders, yeah, when you're playing in contenders, winning is of course important. But, uh, <laughs> oh, so, uh, even if you win contenders, there's still no, there's no I guarantee mean, you get signed no, to Overwatch League. Sure, you gotta money. get money on the table. You, get food on you the can table win. Somehow, you could win all of contenders and actually get nothing. No, but like that's <laughs> what that's what you're screaming for. You're not screaming to lose. You got that. Yeah. You're screaming to win. You scream, you scream to win every single map. Sure, we got smashed the first week, but that just it's it's a learning experience, and it's like super. When when your team performs. And when they play at their best, they should win. Or else, mm. what, what are, why, why are you there? Like, then you shouldn't be yeah. in contenders. Then you should yeah. switch the roster or something. So I think winning plays a big part, but it's not yeah. the world if you lose. Yeah, yeah, especially like when you're trying to improve. You know, like there's some games that you go into like in a scrim, and you know 
you're probably not going to win because you're trying a new strategy. And in that scenario, then obviously, you know, winning is not the important thing. It's it's improving so you can eventually go to the main goal of winning. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, you want to win. <laughs> Yeah, I think you can still be. If you're a player that's on a team that isn't playing super well, you can still be noticed and get picked up or given better opportunities. Like one guy that always springs to mind for me last season that we spoke about a lot was um, Asking, uh, one of the mm. players who now plays on Uprising Academy. The guy was a machine, and we knew that, even though the team finished, I think they lost in the quarterfinals of playoffs, for example. Didn't have to make the final just to show that he was a good player. It's more for the coach, I think, that you want to see the team that does well in coaching. Although I've seen coaches have been picked up even when their team has finished, you know, even outside of playoffs itself. So there's kind of a, it depends, right? Again, it comes down to that brand building. There's so many factors at yeah, play that it's I hard mean, to say just winning is important or not winning isn't important. Where, you know? What we talked about before, where yeah. people recommend you for being like, they know you're super, like, yeah, they know you're good at coaching. They know you're bringing a positive mental attitude to the exactly. team and everything. PMA. So. PMA, that's uh, really important <laughs> for our team. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just going to move this along because there are a couple of questions. Wow. Um, this one is kind of silly, but it's my favorite question. Thanks, Trid. Um, for Almost Panda, do you blame your losses on Shu removing his hat? <laughs> I mean, he did put it back on. So he lied. <laughs> he said he was doing it at Christmas and he's done it already. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's December now. So I guess. But uh, I mean, sure, we blame Shu for all of our map losses. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, uh, let me just scroll up to the questions up at the top here. Um, oh, okay, Qu Kitten Squad says, my question is, tell Carefree good luck in the match on Friday and I hope he wins. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a little biased. I like this. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Carefree, what do you think? What would be a good fix for this? tight spot in inverted commas for coaches uh i mean again it's just it's making a coach invaluable right and how the only way mm -hmm. to do that right now a coach can become invaluable uh or i'm sorry like useless if the players get good right get good for him yeah. the player gets good <laughs> get fired uh the only way to to make the coach have an invaluable role is if you know there's something only the coach can do and that would be you know, players can do their own bot review. Players can players can do literally everything a coach does right now. So that means mm -hmm. that you'd have to in you'd have to make a role for the coach in the game. You know, whether it's only being able to view the six monitors on a main stage, standing behind them, physically looking. You know, or if it's a face cam spectator client and you're a seventh desk. I mean, you got to make it to where the coach actually has a job that no one else can do. Um, yeah. I don't think we have that issue yet because the <laughs> players aren't. I mean, I, I'm actually amazed coaches lasted this long. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm really amazed. Uh, th then again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, with how players, you know, aren't all the brightest. I but, mean, you know. also because Overwatch is such a complex game. Yeah. Mm. I think even players that have over two years of experience in Overwatch and have played for a really long time, they still, I, I, I think there's so much to learn yeah. that even the best players actually haven't learned it all yet yeah no so absolutely. they still need coaches even the best ones so yeah it's a whole different perspective like when you especially because most players they have you know they're anywhere from one you know in some cases one hero uh to you know up to like five or six that they're really freaking good at but there's always that perspective that you don't get when you're not a master at those other you know 20 something heroes and i think mm. that's where the coach kind of comes in can see objectively 
All right, next question. Um, and this is another one that's just been spammed over and over again. <laughs> Guys, I, I did type it in chat. Please, it's not necessary to spam your questions. Our producer, he doesn't have much else to do at the moment. Uh, he just clicked stream and here we are. So he is, <laughs> he is looking out for your questions. Don't worry. If I don't get to your question, more likely we ran out of time and less likely than I just didn't feel like answering it. Okay, <laughs> so the next question was, and this will be aimed at everybody. Should armor be nerfed? Well, this is this is my boy Fawad writing this because he is also one of these tracer specialists. <laughs> really dislikes Brigitte and armor, so uh, I know I know where why he's asking that question. Uh, I don't I don't know if armor needs to be nerfed. Uh, it depends on what you mean by nerfed. Like armor. Sorry, I'm like one of those guys. You know, my background is always the well. It depends on what you mean. Uh, so armor. You know, do you mean nerf directly? Like armor's damage reduction goes down. You know, the quantity of it, whatever. Uh, I think the heroes that are meant to shred armor should probably shred armor. Uh, Reaper, for example, not being able to shred armor. It, kind of like blows my brain like i don't understand that roadhog should probably shed armor even torbjorn probably should shred armor considering he's shooting like molten shit at you um <laughs> i could see how like widowmaker's ultimate you know it could be armor piercing rounds at some point without being too broken um you know but i i, I think armor should be able to be pierced by target you know characters that should pierce them it, it kind of makes it strange that armor doesn't I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, I, I think armor could be nerfed a little, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Or at least don't make it stack under the shield for Zarya. Oh. Then. Yeah, have it, on, have it on top even on blue shield. That, that's yeah. one thing I really... Although, of course, Kefra would be calling for Widowmaker to have armor piercing round. <laughs> hey, you know, give me a D.Va Matrix 24-7 all directions. I, I want to shoot Bastion <laughs> rounds. <laughs> the super hybrid hero, just for Kefra. <laughs> the widow meta i think had the best viewership you know widow mccree soldier like i think it yeah. had the best viewership but then again i mean it was early stages it's hard to say that but that too I, I I'd, actually, I'd like to see her come back yeah. yeah i actually have a question here in chat if i can answer it so this guy has yeah, been asking me all the time where because i played for team esperati in season zero <sighs> contenders and this guy has been spamming where did the players go <laughs> and i actually keep in contact with some of the players even though most of them left the scene it's only me and gustav left in the scene and he plays for young and beautiful if you all know uh yeah. but for like to just wrap it up quick i know thrown went to fortnite course went to studying and uh Sora seven i actually have no clue where he's going so now i answer that question for the you. mystery Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question is for Dez. Uh, and it also comes from Trid. Broadcasters have a lot of power in shaping narrative around right players. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that, though? He could have just, like, tapped your shoulder it, and be like, he, hey, is guys. He, is he going to shit talk me here? Go on, then. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Broadcasters have a lot of power in shaping narrative around players. Without naming players, do you feel you may have created a narrative about a player that was disingenuous? <laughs> and then for the rest of the panel, do you get frustrated with contenders broadcast? Okay, I'll go first because then my answer might let them go. Yeah, I get straight when this guy says shit like this. Um, say not naming players. For about two or three weeks, I kept saying KSP was 16 years old because I got told he was. Turned out it was Mirror who was 16 <laughs> years old. And so eventually Blue Coffee's manager, I think it was Lucky Mojo, was just like, can you stop calling him 16? He's like 21. I was like, oh. <laughs> That wasn't, that wasn't the best one as well, making someone else be far younger than they are, can't play an Overwatch League at that age. Yeah, not really the best idea, but there you go. Um, I think we're all guilty of 
obviously there's no way we can know every single player super in depth. So sometimes you have to speak to other players, to coaches, whatever, to form your opinions. And that's, that's not a bad thing with that. That's how everyone learns and grows. And sometimes you will get a view from those conversations, which you'll then use and repeat elsewhere. I think that in that case, sometimes you can get it wrong. And when we do, we do tend to correct ourselves and come back and repeat it. I still stand by what I said about you, Miles. You were a one-trick tracer. Now you're a good player. Don't worry. I really appreciate you these days. That's one of those kind of example things, right? Where you do have to form your own narrative, and sometimes it can be wrong. And yeah. the most important thing you can do is admit you were wrong and just say, okay, actually, maybe from what we saw this guy before yeah. wasn't fully formed. Now we've seen the real play that we all wanted to see that long time ago. Yeah. And that happens a lot in the streaming world. You know, a lot yeah, of... Absolutely. It's very easy for a streamer to push one topic, and the next thing you know, it's in every chat. Yeah, no, I and uh, like... Everyone in our team always watch the VODs like after our games and stuff. And uh, I think you guys have, uh, like, I don't know if I want to say big burden on your shoulder, but you have like big, uh, like you have a, you have the opportunity to lift players up and push players down mm. way more mm, than yeah. I think you know. The power you have is like so big because a mm. lot of the talent scouts and everything, they they don't know what's going on on the inside. They just listen oh, to yeah. posters and they're like, oh, well, this guy said, oh, Mouse is really good. But in reality, maybe mm -hmm. it was someone else in the team that uh, yeah. like made him look good. And mm. so when when they then later pick him up, maybe it doesn't perform because he's a tracer one trick, you know. So uh, there's all this sort Gotta of call things. him why he is, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but for me, like when I listen to the broadcast and you say stuff about play, it doesn't face me at all because I'm not a player. But holy moly, my players, they, uh, yeah. they have strong opinions <laughs> of what all of you guys have to Hey, look, man. It's part of the job, right? Like we, we know this is going to happen as well. Like, and if players speak to us, like we're more than happy to listen and correct things. Opinions are opinions, though, right? And I, we're all aware it can have a strong influence. Like Blizzard made a very strong point in season one of you're here to big these guys up and make them look good. Yeah. Which is a, which is really difficult when you do want to say this guy has just made a real big fuck up in this play, and it's because of <laughs> X, Y, and Z. It, it's, a, it's a fine line to tread. We do get it wrong sometimes. We're not perfect. We all admit <laughs> that. And like I say, if any player does want to talk, I'm always more than happy to take a DM. It's no problem at all. I mean, that's a that's a big problem in uh, our local casting as well. Um, a lot of casters misunderstand and they believe that they are the show and people come to watch them talk about this game. And that's not it at all. Um, no. You are not the main attraction. You are like a, a your only purpose. Your sole purpose is to give context of what the people are seeing mm -hmm. and to big up the players and the teams. Like, we have we have a very good saying actually that if they're talking about us, we're not doing. They should be speaking about the players and about what they're exactly. doing, which is why if you look at chat and you see Pog everywhere and Lil and so on, that's the best case. And if we can add colourful content around that and make a, mem a moment more memorable, that's what we're here yeah. to do. Hundred yeah. percent. Okay, let's move on. Ooh, question for me. Um, what do you think of the Overwatch marketing in tier two and three? Don't you think that Overwatch League screws other tiers and tournaments? Yeah, that's also here. yeah, that's mm. a difficult one. Uh, what um, is your answer for this one? I'm uh, I'd like to hear this. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm really interested. <laughs> so, um, the most some people answer. no, some people know that, uh, and I, I have no problem saying this. I have been helping contribute with the Path to Pro community twitter account and we we've got people from all different regions, and we watch the contenders' games, and we give score updates, and add some. Uh, highlight plays and stuff like that because at the moment the main path to pro account 
has been having some difficulties and it's purely because of a staffing issue. We know that. Uh, when I say we, we at the, the Path to Pro community Twitter, we understand, we know there was, uh, I think there was some people that left or got laid back. I don't know the full story, but Small they were understaffed. Company, yeah. <laughs> Heavily understaffed. And so they weren't able to produce the kind of content that they, they could be. So we started up this extra Twitter account just to like give them a hand. Uh, I know there's been a lot of backlash about it and i want people to understand that we're not trying to take anybody's jobs we're not trying to create you know dissension amongst the ranks we're not trying to pretend that we are path to pro the moment that the path to pro twitter account does manage to get back on its feet our account will be deactivated but the people need to understand that at the moment there are some troubles that, that Blizzard are going through. You know, they had to replace a lot of their production staff. They've had to replace a lot of their social media staff. It's not mm -hmm. as simple as, well, Blizzard aren't doing anything. That's it's that's not, not what really it is. on them either. I mean, like, you see with traditional sports, you know, like, no, the viewership's always, for the, you know, for the lower echelons, is always lower. You know, it's not like the NFL is putting college games on the big screen, you know? I mean, it, really, it's on the audience and... Yeah, almost, I guess, the consumer, uh, if you will. It, it's on them to really help grow those scenes and, mm -hmm. you know, watch them and participate and engage and all that stuff. It's not really on Blizzard as much. Sure, they could advertise it more, but eventually they would just start spamming, you know, every single game and open, every contenders for all the mm -hmm. regions. It would just be a, a cluster, you know. It would, it would decrease yeah. viewership as a whole for the whole game if they started doing that. Again, it's a whole discussion to have as well that's... For another day, no doubt. But the whole business yeah. side of it as well is there's a lot of focus. I think you look at like Blizzard and Riot at the minute. There is a lot of focus on making esports profitable because so many mm -hmm. companies take huge rounds of investment, spend millions and millions on marketing, on hiring talent, on doing all this fancy stuff like social media management included, and then burn out and have to close the game down or completely strip things away. Blizzard yeah. and Riot are both trying to run a very tight ship. And yeah, that might come at the cost for a short time of social media, but it's a good thing they've got a community around them that are willing to pick the slack up like you guys have done. And I think that's very going to be essential, if nothing else, to keeping tier, tier 2 alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's a, I think the discussion you can have on this subject is very long. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's a lot of arguments going on. I think this would have to take up an, almost yeah. an entire podcast if we were to. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because it, it kind of ties into that question earlier about like, you know, broadcasters or entertainers, you know, shaping narratives and whatnot. It, the tier two scene complaining about the tier two scene is almost shooting itself in the foot. If they were mm -hmm. talking about how great the tier two scene was and pushing it, it would actually draw more attention and draw more viewership because people would want to check it out. By talking <laughs> about how miserable it is, they're almost essentially <laughs> pushing people away from watching it. Yeah. So I, I, I wish the tier two scene would learn that uh, it feeds a narrative of it's crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're hurting themselves, and I guess I'm in the scene now. So can we stop doing that? Uh, <laughs> so, so Kepri, how great is tier two? Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Your pack is oh, dude, a, I love it, man. It's so good. bumping region ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, we love tier two here. I will say that a lot of the, especially the podcast GG people, after World Cup, uh, there were so many tweets that went out from so many of the staff going, hey guys, do you see these amazing people that have been doing cool things? Do you know where they came from? They came from tier two, fun fact. So <laughs> like South America, Brazil, Brazil did so well in the World Cup. Fusions and Kib coming from British Hurricanes. Like they there were so many yeah. phenomenal players that came up from the tier two scene and people don't know. They, they watch World Cup and they go, well, who are these guys? We've, we've never seen them in Overwatch League. Um, yeah, like you should be watching tier two. And Kefri, you're 100% right. The, this narrative that players and 
um, staff and so on are perpetuating. When I say staff, I mean like team staff, coaches, managers, that kind yeah. of thing. The narrative about, oh, tier two is so terrible. Blizzard doesn't support it. Ugu, ugu. People don't want to then support it. They're like, well, this is a bad yeah. thing. Why should I watch it? Um, yeah. What I will say, and this kind of deviates, this isn't a question that somebody else sent, but uh, there's been a narrative around should pro players with high streaming numbers be promoting that? And in essence, basically cutting their streams and their revenue short in order to uh, raid yeah. or host contenders' channels. So what, I, I got as a hit pro with streamer, that. Mm. Yeah, so I, I got hit with this actually um, before Contender. It was actually just in when the Overwatch League started. Uh, there was actually there was a lot about this that I could talk about from behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. But long story short, you know, like I, I had meetings with Twitch actually themselves. You know, talking about hey, Overwatch League's talking to us. They want to do these for the streamers. How do we help each other? Overwatch League was really concerned because you know they're so like for my in NA I would stream 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. That was the uh, exact time that a match was in Overwatch League. So yeah. I would lose, you know, 80% of my viewers instantly. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, they would go and play reruns on top of it, which destroyed everyone else's viewership. Um, at the end of the day, people have to realize that, like, the streamers, they have their own jobs. They had those yeah. jobs before Overwatch League, or even during. It doesn't matter. Um, really, it's on the entertainer to become more entertaining, or it's mm. on the league to try to de-conflict to the best of their ability. Uh, it, it was a really tough one, you know. I remember it's like one of the one of the conversations behind the scenes was uh, should Overwatch League to give back after stealing stealing after taking all of those viewers, you know, that mm -hmm. chose to go there. Uh, should they host streamers instead of contenders, so that way streamers kind of get that viewership back and cycle through lists? Uh, or you know, they, they experimented actually. I I did one. It was an advertisement for the streamer inside of Overwatch League itself. So during a commercial break, it would show a streamer. And it would, you know, kind of advertise them in the league to try to kind of give them a one-off, you know, like, hey, sorry, we did this. Uh, so the, there's a lot of stuff that they're trying to figure out and do, but it's it, mm. that's a tricky one. I mean, you, it, it's too, I it's really tricky. The only time where I had to take issue is when someone will publicly go out, and it's not like they're trying trying to deliberately like farm engagement by posting about this stuff because it's a meme thing to kind of do these days. It's the cool thing to say. Yeah. Is when they come out and they're like man, we should do more to support tier two. Content creators should do more for this. And then they stream while yeah. Contenders is on. Now, the problem is Contenders is, it's not a 24-7 broadcast, but you have like North America, regions, Australia, yeah. Europe. Yeah, yeah, back to back. And these things last six, seven hours each. You have like and, and, two days yeah. a week being wiped out by Contenders. Then there's Overwatch League as well. No, you're like right. You, say, you guys have got jobs and you've got to build a brand as well. In, it's just like I think where it started. Yeah, so and I think where it started was there used to only be like GoTo gamers, and it was mm. a very easy time schedule. The streams only stream the finals. You know, it was very easy to work around the schedule for the tournaments. Uh, there was very few and important ones. So back then, you know, you would shut your stream off. You would host. You'd show respect and, you know, kind of do that. And then once Overwatch League got created, that's when the content creators kind of just unanimously said, hey, none of us are going to do that because we have to maintain our jobs. Absolutely. So, you know, that's yeah. kind of like where the shift happened in a lot of the turmoil was, you know, in the beginning, people didn't understand why we weren't shutting streams down. So I think people realize now that it's not on the content creator. If anything, it's on Blizzard to try to give back to those content creators that are affected by it. Yeah, and that ultimately helping build the game up. As yeah, making exactly. that yeah, I completely agree. All right, uh, we are running out of time, unfortunately, so I only have one more question, and I'm really sorry to everyone I didn't get their questions. Um, but what you can do is you can tweet us and uh, we will send your questions on and see if we can get replies from these guys with very busy lives and schedules. But uh, for the last question, uh, and it was a difficult one to pick, but I'm going to go with this one. 
Beyond obvious visa issues, now this one is aimed at Des and Kefri. Um, what are some of the problems that can arise when traveling abroad for work in esports, and how have you overcome them? Well, you, you can come to Kiev. If you, we're in Ukraine right now, and the country's half under martial law because of what's going on with Russia. So if you want to know about issues, like we've got a whole list of things here for you. Um, I'll, I'll go first, I guess. I've already started talking. Um, yeah, it's not too so bad in terms of travel, to be fair. Like, a lot of my travel and work has been in Europe. I live in the UK, so it's super easy for me to get to. Going out to things like the States, I haven't been to the States myself, but I've got a lot of colleagues who have. Trying to get in there sometimes can be an absolute pain in the ass. So it ultimately depends how far you need to go and where you need to work for it, for example. Um, outside of visa stuff, issues. Nothing massive, to be honest with you. Like food is food. Like speaking to people <laughs> is speaking to people. Even if you don't understand each other, you can gesture and so on and so forth. Like, we're having a fine time out here in Kiev. Sure, it's cold and it's snowing, but we're having a good time. <laughs> it's not that bad. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. So for me, it's a little weird, right? Because I'm, I'm like the one dude that's decided to leave America. Uh, <laughs> you know, most, most players get, you know, imported from other countries into NA. NA gets, you know, kicked down a scene, you know, get replaced by better players from other regions. I've kind of done this ass backwards thing where I left NA and joined uh, a Korean team. So I... So for me, it's, it's not so much the visa issue. It's the second part, which is the communication aspect. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of differences. Like right now, I'm in an Airbnb. It's very strange. It looks like Hanamura. Um, <laughs> I'm being eaten alive by mosquitoes in my own house, which is really strange to me. Uh, they eat through the off spray. I don't know how that's possible. They're like, anyways, I'm, yeah. So apart from that, the communication aspect for me specifically, um, I can't speak to everyone who's ever traveled. Uh, for me, it's very difficult. I don't know any Korean. I have a spreadsheet Google Doc that I put on my other monitor. So while I play, I'm like, uh, shit, he's above. Uh, we, you know, I go, yeah, he's above. Uh, yeah. I'm like, you know, my accent's wrong. Like, I'm not pronouncing the right shit. A team just laughs at me. Um, now we, you feel we, how the European scene feels overall because yeah. there's so few, like, having yeah, English as their mother no. tongue. And we're so self-absorbed as a country in America that everyone needs to learn English because fuck it, I don't want to learn the other language. And I, and, I, <laughs> and I see that and I'm still not learning Korean and I have no intention of really learning Korean. Uh, I'm, I'm memorizing the phrases that I use, obviously, the call outs. Uh, when it comes to traveling, regular stuff, I'll try to make this really quick since it's the last question. Uh, food, everything here has pictures on the menu. I point to shit. Uh, I have Google Translate. <laughs> I use one to three words maximum. Uh, you know, Hit Google Translate. I showed somebody like yesterday. I wrote mosquito in house. With a <laughs> face. I hit translate. I found the oldest guy in the market and I handed him my phone. And he's like, oh, fucking hands me three cans of shit and we're good to go. Uh, wow. For my, for my team. Less technology, right? Yeah. So for communicating with my team in scrims, I have no clue what they're saying at any point in time. Uh, I understand the words like, oh, Hellman Hay. Like I know someone's yelling winnable. I'm like, okay, I can go in and I'm not <laughs> I hear Hellman Hay. Uh, you know, apart from that, uh, as a result, my coach has to work extra hard. I have to memorize the position of all five of my teammates. I have to memorize what their intent is, what they're going to do, why they're going to do it, how they're going to do it. So that way I don't need to talk to them. So that way mm -hmm. I just know, oh, in this scenario, they're going to try to do this. I need to try to do this. And essentially I just sit there quietly until, you know, <laughs> Uh, I can yell like P.I.L., which is one shot, and that's all I know how to say. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, I made them learn like the word bubble, you know, stuff like that. But it's, it's communication is really freaking hard for me. I have 
there's a lot like if you could hear my comms man there's some times where i'm just like what the fuck like i don't know what's going on. <laughs> like i wish i could show you guys my scrim footage i really do <laughs> all right that is absolutely all we have time for clear this has been a fantastic episode thank you once again to my guests they were for those that weren't paying attention or can't read uh desert you almost panda and kefri uh, i'll see you guys in two weeks time we will have new guests new topics and uh yeah it's been really great having you guys here thank you to everyone that came out to watch uh, it's been really phenomenal and i'll see you guys next time thanks for yeah, ever ever give me a high five oh uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna... this way okay <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>